You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. a very bright shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. It is August 16th, and we are still two weeks away from Nebraska's first game. But that gives us time to discuss this fall camp, and so we will do that. That is what today's podcast is going to be about. First, I'm going to check to see if there's any necessary banter we need to get to. Is there anything anybody wants to get off their chest? Is there any... uh, you know, anything that's happened to you in the last week that you feel like the Husker 24-7 podcast listeners need to know about before we get into this very important fall camp news? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, uh, Ron says no news. We're in, the, we're in the dog days of the dog days of fall camp. Yeah, the dog days of the dog days? Yes. This the is, double this dog is- days? This is when you got to just grind. You got to tell everybody how hard you're working. You got to post the videos of you standing like this, talking to people, talking about how busy you are, those kinds of things. So, would you would you guys like it if I just came to to media availability and took pictures of each of you as you work, and then we can post them to make it seem like you're really, you know, in there doing your job, in case anybody was concerned. I mean, you could, you could do that. I, I think that'd be okay. PC, how do you feel about that? No, Brian. Uh, no, probably not. Um, if you, if you, you want, like, to do a documentary style, like I just follow you around for a day so people can see what it's like to be Brian Christopherson. That would be a freaking boring documentary. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but people, people would be concerned about your habit of drinking coffee in your car with no top on it. Yeah, they'd be like, "What's up with that?" First off, then they'd be like, "Oh, from two thirty to three fifteen is a nap every day." No, it's not. It's not. But um, there is I do get a nap. And sometimes I learned that from Don Draper, Don Draper, whenever he had a big situation brewing on Mad Men, he just take a nap. He just sleep it off. And I kind of thought, like, that's not the worst thing. Um, but anyway, um, if you guys had joined me at the Blues Traveler concert, uh, then we'd have a lot to talk about. But you weren't there. Yeah. Did you, you ever do you ever done the coffee nap? You know what that is? where you, no. you you quickly drink a cup of coffee lay down for about a 20 minute nap before the caffeine kicks in and then blammo Ooh. you're 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 perky and ready to go in about 20 minutes i haven't intentionally done a coffee nap but i guarantee you i've done coffee naps before because i just drink coffee all day and i do take naps occasionally so i've i've probably executed it i'll have to like do a study though if it works or not and i'll get back to you Bruns, how often do you do the coffee nap? It seems like you might be a vet. 
Uh, ra- rarely now. I I was more a, a more frequent patron of the coffee nap. It's it's hard to pull off, but once you you figure it out, you're okay. <laughs> I'll file that away under the many things that I will try or do if I ever drink coffee. So yep. we'll uh we'll just add that to the to the growing list. All right. I promised that we were going to get into fall camp news, and we're going to do just that. So Matt Rule spoke on Tuesday. Matt Rule spoke on Saturday. We last podcasted on Wednesday, and there is some news as it relates to Nebraska, the biggest of which Xavier Betts has left the Nebraska football program. BC, would you like to fill us in on this? Yeah, I mean, it it did catch guys over, over there off guard. Um, rule said as much and and the players did as well that were asked about him um and basically just like he told uh matt rule um his heart's not in it he was stepping away from the game uh, i think it was a surprise um to people because of all that had gone into him getting to the point he had in the spring where you know he took 21 credit hours and um really um too in the summer early summer he did you know, an interview or two where he he just seemed like full of joy, like being around the team again and stuff like that. So I think people really thought it was trending toward uh, a different story here. But he did what, uh, you know, hopefully makes him happy over the long run. And that's what guys said who were asked about it. They just said, you know, it's disappointing, but we hope he ends up happy. He'll be a friend. And I like Garrett McGuire, too, though. And you guys brought up <laughs> Schaefer brought up Hoosiers when I tweeted about it. The Norman Dale, my team. Like your team's here, you know, at the pep rally, let's uh, support them. Um, let's support who we are, not who we are not. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, Bruns you know, Garrett- can't wait to just tell us how much Hoosier sucks. I see him up there in the left hand corner of my screen right now, and he's getting like wired up and ready to go. And I'm already furious about it. it it's okay. I, you know, where I stand. We don't need a rehash. Terrible. Yeah. It's true, though. Like, the, no, it's the, not true. No, the, the point that the, you're, <laughs> Your comparison is true, oh, and I okay. think it's right. it's it's kind of like I think that's how they run the program, right? Like mm-hmm. Bob Wager gets dismissed, he gets off the bus. You know, Josh Martin's on the bus. You know, Xavier Betts, you know, decides he doesn't want to play football anymore. They say, okay, well, you know, good luck. You know how to get us, reach us if you need anything, but you know, we're we're moving forward i mean that that's kind of how you have to do it i mean yeah. I, I just think i don't think you can linger on it yeah i mean and, and if you think about it common sense wise why would you i mean you know it's just like that happened what it's done and it's not like you're gonna sit there at your desk just like oh man i mean that they've, they've got to find some options though and i do think you know you could have a discussion about how big a loss is this it did seem like xavier betts was was coming along and doing some some good things for him in practice uh but also someone who wasn't on the team last year and we hadn't seen an action in a long time and so you don't know exactly what you lost because in some ways nebraska never fully had it with savior bets it just you know it never was uh where we got to see him just week in week out um as a third fourth year player what that actually looks like so you can talk about what you think they lost but we really don't know because it's just something that We'll never get to see, I guess. I, I suspect we're going to get into a deeper dive of the wide receiver position later in the episode. So I'm going to condense this just to uh, give me give me one name, Brian, that you're intrigued that could receive more playing time because of this. Just one name. 
Okay. Um, I mean, Alex Bullock is maybe the easy one, but he he's he's in the picture and he's it doesn't surprise me. I, I've written this and I'll say it again. When he was at Omaha Creighton Prep, when I got sent to cover his games, you could send me out on my assignment sometimes and um um there'd be other guys we were kind of focused on. And I always thought like, he's the best guy in this field. There's no doubt about it. Like who's the best high school player on the field. It's Alex Bullock. Like I always came away thinking that. So that he's making noise does not surprise me that Thomas Fedoni is like, yeah, he's one of, a, one of the better route runners and stuff I've seen. I just always believe in that kid, not a shock. So I like that rule told him, he's like, Hey, you're a scholarship type guy, you know, just, battle like you you can play with these these guys and obviously his brother's doing it on the defensive side right now john so um the bull it's the it's the year of bullock perhaps we will see all right well we've seen some bullocks have some success at nebraska in the past we'll see if it happens again brunt we have not heard yet on eric gilbert and the waiver what is your level of concern at this point and, and how far reaching would it be if eric gilbert is unable to play for Nebraska in 2023. Yeah, I don't know what your guys' sense has been, but it's it's always kind of seemed like they've approached it as like if if they can if he's eligible, it would be like a bonus. Like I I don't know how much they've got his name and or have had his name in Sharpie in in their depth chart, you know, mental depth chart. Um, you know, since he arrived from Georgia. I, you know, Matt Rule was very forceful in his comments last Saturday about, you know, people that that aren't willing to grant that waiver. Um, and it, it's different. It's a different situation than some of the waivers that have been rejected already. Um, to, I mean, let's just put that out there. Um, so I don't know. I mean, was your guys sense, too, that may, perhaps they, they've heard something preliminarily? Like it just, it seemed like there was uh there was intent behind those words more so than what we've heard previously, where it's been a lot of the, you know, if he plays great, if not, we'll get him ready for the draft or, you know, have him ready for next year. Um, I, it just, I noticed the changing tone, I guess, on Saturday could, is all. Could it just be straight frustration? Because it's not like this is a new thing. Right. It's not yeah, like the waiver be. just got fired or filed, excuse me. Um, I think part of it, part of the frustration sometimes stems from how slow the process operates on the NCAA's end, um, that you don't have an answer and you're now uh, a couple weeks into fall camp. So I, I could see where that could be the frustration, but you you could absolutely be right. They could have a pre- preliminary belief as to, to how this thing is going to go down. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to toss this out there. I don't know anything on it. If, if Eric Gilbert doesn't play this year, if he doesn't get the waiver, do you think he ever takes a snap for Nebraska? Um, I kind of think, yes. Um, I, I know the possibility is that, that that's the other way on that, um, because of his talent level and he could just go right to the pros. Uh, but I would or think play it could for be... a USFL or an XFL yeah, yeah, or whatever. Definitely. definitely. It's a, it definitely could go the other way, but uh, you know, yes or no. One of those radio questions, I'll say yes, just to play that part. And I think um, the, the reasoning would be he's found a really good culture fit. It seems like here from everything we've heard, he's adapted well to it. And uh, 
these guys have, you know, the staff has really believed in him and it, it could be a way of returning that, but also um, just putting on film at a big time, you know, on a big time stage, which it would be next year uh, would be a nice opportunity for a guy who doesn't have a lot of college film unless you go back to his first year at LSU. So that would be my reasoning for. Yep. Brunch, do you feel strongly one way or the other? Uh, not really. I mean, I think, I think making, I, I think his kind of ceiling is pretty well known in NFL circles that he's just a, a freak elite athlete. Yeah. Um, you know, I do wonder, you know, how, how does sitting out another year kind of, you know, work for him? Um, you know, how is Nebraska kind of able to keep him engaged and, um, you know, moving forward without kind of the carrot of, you know, actual games um, there? I mean, I think that's, that's, that would be a concern. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I guess I, I, you would like another year of film for him just because he had such the great freshman year at LSU and just not a ton of production since then, or even, you know, games at all. I mean, he really hasn't played that much at all. So um, I, I would be a little bit surprised if he did play at Nebraska, if he doesn't play this season. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. It's necessarily a slam dunk that uh, he, he could easily move on to the NFL too. Yep. I just wanted to, uh, to see kind of where you guys came down with that, because it's, I could, I could easily see a scenario where if he doesn't get a waiver, he never actually ends up suiting up for Nebraska. All right. Uh, we'll close out news and notes here with a little bit of injury news. BC, do you want to run through what we've heard uh, so far from from Matt Rule on guys like Marcus Washington, Nori Newelli, mm-hmm. uh, Teddy Prohaska? Uh, I don't know if there's other ones that I need to throw in there. I don't, I don't know if we know the status of Marcus Buford yet. Uh, all of those things. So I'm, gonna, I'm just throwing it out there. Give us the, the Brian Christopherson injury report of August 16th. Yeah. Bruns can help me if I forget any, um, Nuri's back. And in fact, in media stuff the other day, uh, feels, feels good. He said, so he, he should be rolling at that right guard spot. So I think you can probably say what your, your starting five is now, uh, from left to right. Um, Prohaska is not back yet. He's in the yellow Jersey over there. Uh, he went to rule the other day and said he's pretty close to that next phase. Of course, there's going to be rust and knockoff for him. So, how long that's going to take. And, you know, Corcoran's the left tackle and for now until proven otherwise, I think, um, g- going into the season. And even if Prohaska's back by week one or week two, he's going to have to fight his way, you know, back into a spot. Um, and you're not maybe just going to shift guys around anyway. Uh, Marcus Washington is very close. In fact, Rule thought um, – on Tuesday that he might be back then, but he wasn't quite yet. He, he had the um, broken bone in his hand to start the camp was that was fine. And then he had a lower body injury that at the moment it happened they were really concerned about, but it wasn't as bad as initially thought. And so he should be back. You know, it seems like in these, maybe today for all I know, as we're doing this, um, but this week you're hoping that he's back because they obviously need that depth at wide receiver. Marquise Buford is still, um, over like in the yellow Jersey crowd, which is the guys who are, they call it the pit or sort of just doing their own little workouts. Um, I think Tommy Hill was over there a little bit yesterday too. So that's one that hopefully is not a big deal. Um, Prince Mark well was, out. was over there. Yeah. And Prince well was out yesterday, not a, there, but injured, not long-term rule said. So there's some Knicks that you expect this time in fall camp that we got to keep an eye on. And like, 
I think if some of those guys are still out like early next week, then you're starting to be like, okay, is that going to bleed into the season that, that you're getting to that point? Brunch, anybody else that you want to, you want to mention? I think that's everybody. That, I don't know the, the timetable on Buford. I don't. Um, I mean, he's good to see him moving around. I don't think they've like said that. it. So it's not no. like we should know it. He no, said in we, Indianapolis, they're being, they're going to be very deliberate and careful with him. So, yeah. and then, I mean, he's still what nine months out from the injury. Like it still feels a little early there. It, it was a brutal injury. So, um, we had him on our most indispensable Huskers, hopeful that he might be around the way guys recover now, but um, it's not. And they mu- they're going to have to proceed at least to start the season without him. All right. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we are going to get into uh, some of the positives so far that we have found throughout fall camp. And then a few of the concerns that have popped up as Nebraska has started working towards the 2023 season, all that and more when we return here, on the Husker 24-7 podcast. I promised positives. I promised concerns. I gave these two guys some homework, and let's see if the dog ate it or if they came through. Brunts, what is something that you feel positive about now several weeks into fall camp as Nebraska heads into its 2023 season? Yeah, I was doing my homework on the bus on the way in. Um, I I feel positive about defensive depth right now. I think they want to play a lot of guys. They want to they want to play more than twenty. And I think when you look at the defensive line, I think they've got six or seven guys they feel okay about. I think they're going to be able to run through a lot of guys in that secondary. Um, the top group at linebacker feels pretty set. You got a couple other guys there as well that that, that are going to be in that mix. So I, I think it's not going to be a situation where it's just going to be the same 11 cast of characters every week and hope that that group can get it done. I mean, I, I think they're going to they're going to line change a little bit. I think they're going to be able to kind of get multiple and give some offenses some tough looks um, based on personnel and different personnel that they have. So, uh, you know, Matt Rules talked and and not got not really gone deep into it, but just kind of quick asides where he talks about how difficult this defense is in the red zone. And, you know, the players have talked about just how kind of difficult wrapping your arms around the different looks that are that they see as an offense from the defense. So I, I think that depth is going to hopefully be a strength for Nebraska this year, and there won't be too much of a, uh, you know, kind of cold water to the face with the defensive scheme change. <clears throat> Bruns, if I were to give you a magical gold coin, and that gold coin you could bet on any one player, and if they were, you know, nominally considered to have a good season, that coin could be turned into five coins. Who do you feel most confident oh. in? Yeah, magical coin here. That's pretty five. neat. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd bet on Reimer. I feel like I feel like this defense is going to fit him really well. Um, so I, I would go him, or I would go. Uh, I go MJ Sherman. I think he's I think he's uh, a good fit for that jack spot. Those are my two. Right. If I if I bet two, can I turn it into ten? Uh, no, you okay. can like split them in half, but you can still only recoup up to five. Okay, that's that was kind of like the worst bet of the week. I think maybe yeah. Reimer, well, Reimer well, and Sherman. We'll work on seeing if we can get the worst bet of the week sponsored by a local gym. You know. <laughs> 
that seems like the sort of radio thing I would have done back in the day. Uh, all right, BC, give me something you are positive about now, several weeks into fall camp. I'll stick with defense while we're there. Uh, the unique aspect of this defense, and we were talking about this a little bit um, before the practice the other day, Schaefer, just the fact that it's going to be difficult, I think, for teams to prep for. And um, where's the truth in that coming out of camp? Well, you hear it from the offensive coaches saying how they see all these different alignments. And, you know, it's just it's tough to adjust to, like knowing exactly what you're going to see on a given play. And so I think the fact that this defensive scheme can fluctuate between how many down linemen it has and just really be versatile in that way is going to be tricky to prepare for and um, could give them an advantage. And so we'll see. And, you know, people in the, who are making the trips like for BTN, you know, they will, whatever you, you think of their opinions, they will say like it is a unique defense compared to the rest of the league from what they've seen on their visit. So that, that, that stands out to me, and I think it could matter for a game or two this season. No, right, same same gold coin question to you, but no Reimer, no Sherman. Um, who's going to just flourish this year? Uh, yeah, who are you betting on, essentially? Yeah, to have a good time. Yeah, to have a good time. Uh, Nash Hutmacher is who I'm going to bet on. Um, I think I just think he's different this year from everything we've heard. I'll buy into the hype on that one. I believe he's changed his body. I believe he's at that point in his career. We've seen it in the past with examples of defensive linemen who just find it and it's different all of a sudden. The old Damian Daniels example I always use. So I think he could do some of that where we're starting to see more plays. I'll bet you on that first Thursday night, he'll make a play. It's not a specific prediction yet, but he's going to just blow up a play at some point in that game. And you're going to be like, yeah, we haven't seen that really from him before. Like, you know, so I, I think Hutmacher is my answer or Hutmaker or however it's pronounced properly. I think you could just stick with Hutmacher and be fine. Okay. That's okay. Did you, uh, you know, you hinted a little bit there at the, the hype cast. Are you, are you getting ready for some oddly specific predictions? Could I've one been... of those be that Nash Hutmacher knocks over two linemen on one play? I was scribbling some things down at the Blues Traveler concert thinking about it. So uh, I don't want to get those out into the public yet, but uh, the general public will hear those soon enough. Yeah, You've now referenced it twice, and I'm not going to let it go any longer. Yeah, give did you go the, to Blues Traveler, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> give, us a, uh, give us a deep cut from Blues Traveler that you think people are, are missing out on because they're just listening to Hook all the time. No, I don't have any. They 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 did a version of Creep by Radiohead that's on you can find on YouTube. Okay. It, it's pretty I thought it was pretty good. It's got almost like a little reggae sound to it, I would say. But that, I love a good harmonica. I, it was uh it was uh it was a good show. The only knock I'd have Blues Traveler is a great musical band, but it's sort of like if you're watching an action movie and you know there's that scene where they're fighting and it seems like to me it always carries on like five minutes too long it's like we know who's gonna win the freaking fight you know and it goes 15 minutes but they want to spend their budget um blues traveler will have a lot of songs where you're you're just digging it for about four or five minutes and then it goes on another four or five minutes kind of with the harmonica and them jamming out and i so because i have a short attention span that would be my only uh, negative comment on it is that it, a few songs carry on a little too long. 
I love that. To sum up BC's review, Blues Traveler, less harmonica, please. Yeah. BC <laughs> likes harmonica, but not too much harmonica. <laughs> but I love the band, so yeah. Yeah, I did go to the concert, where as you, I mentioned, uh, a couple by times. By like minute nine <laughs> of that song where you're just shouting, play Hook! Play Hook! <laughs> they saved Hook till the end, um, yeah. which was a smart move. It, it was back. Yeah, it does. Do it. Well, my the most fun thing for me real quick was we I was actually one of the younger people there. Um which kind of surprised me. I thought maybe I'd be it's on unusual the for you at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like about 50, 55 and I do this now where I look at people my age and a little older and I try to picture what they were like like 25 or 30 years ago. Like, man, I bet that dude had he was rolling, I bet, like 25 years ago or her, you know. And uh, so that's what I did most of the concert is I was just people watching, thinking about what they were like at like Edge Fest in 1998. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. Well, that was your uh, <laughs> that was your intermission and in what you're you're feeling good about. And uh, we're going to we're going to jump into some concerns now. Yeah. We we'll didn't do our Brian. two positives. We'll, we'll stick with Brian. We'll, we'll get back to some positives. Oh, OK. But we'll, right. we're just jumping around now. We uh, what concern do you have right now, Nebraska football? Um, I thought Rule put some cold water on the Flames, which was probably a smart thing to do because um, I think he believes it, and for his team's sake, that it wasn't as bad that Saturday scrimmage as sort of I think people initially thought for the offense. Where he said the defense dominated. That's what he said after the practice, or dominated the day. But he pointed out that most of the offense's problems were the procedural stuff, like sort of they've they've worked so hard on the station to station aspects and drilling down that they they needed to come back and circle back a little bit to like just getting the plays in and stuff like that, you know, just being timely with how you execute all that with officials on the scene. And so that was his big problem with it. But my concern is. If you think about that scrimmage where that was an issue, and then you think about the spring game where I know it wasn't necessarily the first team, but there was a lot of fumble-itis with the snap exchanges. And then you think about the Saturday scrimmage even before the spring game, which was on a cold, windy day on April 15th, and the offense struggled that day too. By my count, in the three like major scrimmages they've done of late, the offense has all had sort of things like that where there's been you know, mishaps and and stuff of some sort. And so that worries you a little bit. It doesn't shock you because that's what happens in the off season. And you kind of got to build up to being that well-oiled machine. But um, so far in the scrimmages, it it doesn't seem like they've had that one where they've just walked away where the offense just had a, had themselves a day, you know? So, so that, that maybe worries you a little bit, or maybe Nebraska's defense is really good, but if you want to concern, that's it for me. Brunts, you got a concern? Yeah, I mean, I think the quarterback depth thing is a little bit of a concern. Um, you know, obviously, Jeff Sims is the guy. Um, I think they're going to ask a lot of Jeff Sims. Um, I mean, you guys know, too. I mean, it's it, at some point during the season, you're probably going to have to lean on your quarterback depth a little bit. Um, I know that they've been very bullish on – the, the work that Chubba Purdy's done um, since late in the spring and, and how he's come along. Heinrich Harburg is largely unproven, but they like what he can do. Um, you know, Matt Rule said yesterday that he believes they can win with the backups. Um, I'm kind of in the camp that 
you know, I, you need to see a little bit of something from those guys. I mean, you know, Trevor Purdy did not look good um, during his time last year. And I, I don't know if that's a function of him, uh, whatever offense they were running at the time late in the season, um, which seemed pretty slapdash. Um, but that that's a concern of mine going into the season. It, it just feels pretty razor thin uh, at that quarterback spot. So, um, well, I guess we'll see if, if maybe early in the season those guys can get some work. I don't, I don't, I'm not anticipating blowouts um, in those non-con games, but whatever work they can get, whoever emerges as the backup quarterback might be worth uh, exploring there. August 16th, Bruns, does Jeff Sims play all, every start? Does he start every game Nebraska has in 2023? You can uh, decide whether that's going to be more than 12 or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say no. I mean, I, I just think you're playing the odds a little bit. That's you know something's going to happen at some point. But um, you know, I, 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 they they like what Purdy's doing. Um, we just you kind of need to see it um, I, before I buy into it. So that that's my my concern. All right. Do you have another concern, or was it just one? Uh. No, I mean, I think, I think the other, I, I like what the 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 ceiling of the defensive line can be, and and I think they've got guys that they can lean on. I I think my concern there is whether guys four through seven or four through eight are at the level where they can give meaningful snaps because I we, we kind of have I think a an emerging idea of what the the two deep is kind of looking like at defensive line, I think you're going to have some true freshmen in that mix. I think you're going to have guys that haven't been counted upon uh, yet. And, you know, it, it's Minnesota right out of the gates and it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of physical run teams that those guys are going to be seen early-ish in, in the season in September. So, um, you know, that, that, that's another concern is just whether I, I believe they will have depth. I think they have bodies and, and, and guys that can maybe help them, but how much right out of the gates we'll see. And I think that that's maybe where a concern is for me. BT, your final, uh, not final, but another concern you would like to toss on. Yeah. Pile. I was going to actually say what Bruns did, but I can switch over to, I mean, it's it's sort of the talking point of the week, I guess. But the the receivers, it's just like who who are those guys um, beyond Billy Kemp um, that you can just count on? And maybe they have it um, pretty well solved if like Marcus Washington just hits the ground on a sprint when he's back. And, um, you know, like a guy like Garcia Castaneda takes off like that can make you forget about things in a hurry. But we have to see it first. And we have to see like how in tune this passing game actually is. It feels like just kind of reading the clues that the running game has been ahead of the passing game, which doesn't surprise me. So, I mean, a positive connected to this concern is the O-line apparently did pretty well in pass pro in that Saturday scrimmage. And they have, they've, they've made some leaps there, but is there going to be a freshman or two who pops out at wide receiver um, this year? Um, that's still a big question. Does there have to be? I think at some point they're going to need a couple plays from from them. I understand what Rule was saying the other day, and it was it was probably good to to reinforce like, hey, this first game, if Malachi Coleman's not on the field against Minnesota, 
let's not lose our crap about it. Like if, or if, uh, you know, Jaden Doss or somebody, I mean, this is a, this is going to be a grown man game. As he said, they know what they're walking into. This is the kind of uh, opener where you don't expect 18 year olds to play a lot. Frankly, it's maybe there'll be a few of them, but not a lot. So I like, I kind of like that. We went, he veered toward that Avenue with the freshmen and it takes a little weight off them too. Like it doesn't have to happen those first two weeks. If, if it, clicks for malachi or somebody in week six or seven good we'll take that that's what he was saying and and that's that's got to be good for them and it's a challenge to the older guys like fleeks and those guys like you've been around this is your kind of game you've you've been in these atmospheres let's let's get out there and make some plays and but receiver is a question mark to me um and rule has said as much it's a question mark to them too so uh i think that's a pretty safe one to say Brunt, give me your last positive. Um, I I actually like I like the running back group that they have. I I you know they're gonna really try to hammer the ball, and you know I I I think they like the one two punch that they have with Grant and um, I'm blanking. Gabe Irvin. Gabe Irvin. Um, you know Emmett, Emmett Johnson's probably gonna have a role. Ramir Johnson's probably going to have a role. I think, I, I think that group can get the job done for how much you know they're going to want to run the ball. And I think they're going to not give up on it if it doesn't work right away either. I mean, I, I, I could see where you might have some frustrating moments as a fan. If you're getting two, three yards of a, a crack um, early in the season and, and just keep going back to that. But uh, I, I do like that group. Um, I like the potential there. Uh, one other positive, I, I get the sense that special teams is probably going to be a group that they can have a little bit of an advantage there. I, I, I think they're going to be aggressive. I, you know, I think Brian Buschini is probably one of the better punters uh, in the league right now, which I, you know, in the big 10, that's saying something. Um, and, and that group is going to have to be good because they're going to play a lot of close games. It's going to be a lot of razor thin margins. Um, and, and basically who can make fewer mistakes, I think is, is going to end up uh winning some of these Nebraska games. So I, I like I like the direction of special teams. We'll see what kicker looks like. That, that sounds like that's still in flux. But I think their approach to special teams is one that will allow them to, to have some positives there. BT, finish it off. Your last positive. Um, the, the transfer additions of Billy Kemp and Ben Scott um, both seem like unbelievably huge at this moment because um, we already knew what uh, Billy Kemp's production was like at Virginia and that says enough but the fact that you're having this process back to my last negative where you're kind of trying to work these young receivers and get some guys going it seems like from what we've been told Billy Kemp is just like been a great peer teacher and a guy who's really taken people under his wing and um, is just really good at that about showing like this is how you're supposed to practice to have success so Billy Kemp he's probably going to be the punt returner He'll probably be the leading receiver. Um, one year, Nebraska's had some success with these one-year uh, players at wide receiver, and I think Billy Kemp can be another. And then Ben Scott, I know there was – you talk about the old Norman Dale quote about what you have, let's focus on that and what you don't have. There was a disappointment about the transfers who got away on the O-line in the offseason. But sometimes you got to go back to how big a deal it was that uh, Ben Scott chose Nebraska – 
And if he can be what um, the guys around him think he is in the off season and take that to into the fall, uh, it seems like they really have a good command center on that front, which could help in that pass pro that we're talking about and why that's improved in all those things. So uh, it seems like Ben Scott has fit right into that group. And uh, those two guys right there, those two guys could help change a game or two the way, the way it, it it's coming across. All right. Any, uh, any closing thoughts from, from either of you at this point, like I said, we're still two weeks away. So we're still going to be coming back. I, we'll get our podcast schedule a little bit more ironed out. And then, of course, once they get into game week and they're not playing on a Thursday, we'll have a consistent podcast schedule. And right now it's tracking that the, the hype cast will return. Uh, I believe we will continue to do the Sunday uh, look back podcast. So that might occur on a couple different days with uh, Thursday and two Friday games this year. But. That's that's it for me. Anything that you guys want to add before we depart here today? I'm going to go listen to some blues traveler now. I, I got the itch. Are you going to fast forward through the harmonica, though? <laughs> so much harmonica. No, I they blues traveler is still a good listen. I, I occasionally listen to blues traveler anyways. So I, I guess, Brunch, do you think it's a thing where the general public likes harmonica a little bit too much? Is that is that where BC comes down on this? They don't like it enough. <laughs> you don't like the harmonica. No, I do. I did. I said that for a given tune, I love the harmonica. For a given tune, though, um, about five minutes into a song, any song, any band, I'm like, I got it. Let's let's play the next one. BC doesn't like the jam. He doesn't like the improv. He doesn't like the jamming. Just color within the line. I was going to say, line. if BC goes to a fish <laughs> concert, he's going to hate it. Play some harmonica and get out. That's all you got to do. He's you just ever, singles radio only is what BC wants. You ever hear concerts. a guy do his drum solo and you're like, uh, for the first minute, it's like, that's freaking great. And then like two minutes, you're like, all right. And then but you're just kind of like, come on, let's move it on. This is like the NBA official just running down the court after checking on the three-pointer. He's got the finger. He's trying to wrap <laughs> it up, you know, let's see what we got here. Run it back. Yeah. So I, I enjoy the concert though. I don't want it to come off. Otherwise I don't, I, I, I enjoy Jack Stoll and I enjoy blues traveler. So there you go. All right. That sounds, uh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, I can't promise a lot of Blues Traveler content, but you should still get to Husker247.com. There is plenty that is being covered from practice. Uh, there's still recruiting stuff going on. There's going to be some Grant Bricks updates coming in the coming days as well as we try to figure out when the Logan Magnolia offensive lineman plans to announce his commitment. Uh, you know, Network sourcing seems to be all over the place on that one, so that'll be fun. As we uh, as we try to get our arms around that, and of course, like I said the the game is is coming up in two weeks, so there will be plenty of coverage at Husker twenty four seven. The high school football season starts in the state of Nebraska on Friday, and we will uh, hope to have someone at the Bellevue West Creighton prep game. Bellevue West, I don't know if you guys know this, Nebraska has three commitments from Bellevue West in the twenty twenty four class, uh, so we might be taking in a handful of Thunderbird games this year. For Michael Brunson, Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Shaver. We are Husker 24-7. Be sure, as I said, to stop by Husker247.com, and we'll be back later with more Husker 24-7 podcast content.